This is Riverside Radio with Tom and Will. Review this, mother. And this is the in and out segment. This is hot stuff. It's fire in Radio Land. We need to get out quickly. Grab your loved ones. We're not going to be around here for very long at all. We're going straight into the meat of the show, aren't we, Will? We preheated the oven and we're making madeleines. Exactly. There's so no time for long baking. <laughs> stop, and- stop dilly-dallying, Will. Play the song for heaven's sake, man. We've got radio to do. On the show, we'll have music from Will Smith, uh-huh. Steve Winwood, mm-hmm. Little Mix. Yeah. And The Clash. That's right, it's an indeterminate year. And we'll be announcing live on the show the winner Mm. of the Nobel Peace Prize. Stick around, we've got the exclusive of the year. (laughs) For fans of peace, you'll (laughs) want to hear this. If you're fans of war, you don't belong here. No, unless it's Evelyn War, in which case we've got the book reading at 12.35. We're doing handful of dust after the news. (laughs) Uh, This is Will Smith with Men in Black. Uh-huh. Slipknot's Corey Taylor reveals he once invested in pet stores and almost all the pets died. <laughs> if you've been affected by Corey Taylor's investment program, please call him. Okay, they're going to have to be more facts about this because there are several situations we've got here. Either no one went to the pet shops... And so, and so they all just died of old age and it was in fact just a poorly attended zoo or it was they forgot to feed them and it was you know a sort of horrible genocidal pet shop I mean what was it sounds like a great rebranding if no one's coming to the pet shop <laughs> it's just a badly attended zoo <laughs> do, do you think that happened in a Rocky franchise he met Adrian she was a pet store owner. Uh-huh. And do you think once she started going to all the fights, there was no one else to look after the pets. Rocky's victory uh-huh. stood on the shoulders of the death of tens of millions of fish from Adrian's yeah, no. Counts. In the deleted scenes during the fights, he's just being brought a series of messages. Just, I'm afraid the guinea pigs have died, Adrian. You've got to come back to the shop. You don't have to watch all of his training. <laughs> okay. We put you in charge of so many animals. He's not going to win, and that's fine. It will be inspiring anyway. <laughs> For heaven's sake, give the hamsters some feeding. So Corey Taylor was asked about his best and worst investments. Sure. And he told a story about a relative of his who convinced him to invest in pet stores, uh-huh. supplying fish to local pet stores. Where was he doing an interview? Was it like Money Weekly or something? Where <laughs> they were like, so, Slipknot, your best and worst investments. Right, lads, get your portfolios out. It's time for some in-depth analysis. What outlet leads with that? So that was HSBC COO. <laughs> and up next, front man of Slipknot and Stone Sour to answer your Reddit AMA on investments. It's Corey Taylor. It's Corey Taylor. What was his best investments? Was it AstraZeneca? I bet it was. It was Fish Graves. <laughs> A horrible vertical integration. So after he said this relative of his got into invest in pet shops. Uh-huh. So he said, needless to say, drugs got involved. Oh, and it's like, that's, that's not needless. No. You have to explain. <laughs> that's needles. Yeah. You have to explain the lineage from pet shop owning to drugs. It's the, it's the greatest gateway of them all, opening a pet shop. There's not a single pet shop owner in Britain that isn't on Skag. <laughs> I saw it on Dispatches. That horrible episode of Watchdog. <laughs> <laughs> they went round local pet shops. This man used to sell puppies in Streatham. 
And now he does lines for breakfast. And no pet shop owner's safe. What's really concerning about this interview is how quickly he just kind of moved on to the next question. <laughs> so, so not only did the entire operation get seized, almost all the animals died. And then the tax came. I didn't know you were meant to pay tax. <laughs> Uh, and then discussing the best money he ever spent. It's like, well, were there no follow-up questions? <laughs> he sounds woefully underprepared <laughs> for that venture. It's like we let Harold Shipman open a fast food chain. Dr. Death working. <laughs> yeah. Harold, we lost another fish. What? He just came in with a cold. What's going on? For heaven's sake, you going to get a reputation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Harold, you're starting to get a bad name. What with the murders and the fish? People are going to start casting you certain glances, mate. It's, it's the great arrogance of fame. Mm. Is there... <laughs> is there... <laughs> I love this new direction we're going in. What's... We're more earnest nowadays. Sure, we'll riff, and then we'll come to a, a very <laughs> severe conclusion. It is the great arrogance of fame. Well, so once you've written a couple good albums, you mm. think you can just own a pet shop without looking into the basic requirements of... Well, look at the singers of West End Girls, you know. They were, <laughs> they, they were so, comp so brash. They were like, we know what's coming. <laughs> we know we're just getting our rightful dues. Um, I have a confession to make, which is that every time we get in the studio, I go on the um, I go on the Riverside Twitter and I I tweet something incredibly inane, just for no one's amusement but my own. No one ever responds to it. Usually, they delete the tweet <laughs> by the end of the hour. This week, I tweeted, "Where do we go when we die?" And someone replied, "Riverside Radio," <laughs> and it's got two likes. I don't know if it's a specific heckle about us, but it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth. The more we put ourselves out in the world, the less the world seems to like it. I mean, there's a graph that I could draw up that should show why we should stop. It's pretty conclusive. Um, but we don't yeah. listen to graphs here on Riverside Radio. We're punk. Yes. No time for graphs. We only listen to Venn diagrams. Do you think Venn diagrams were the punkest form of... <laughs> data distribution yes I think so and that's how the Sex Pistols did it breaking news Tom mm -hmm. it's Travis Scott again uh -huh. his meal deal has actually really helped boost McDonald's sales remind me of his meal deal so he had a meal deal called the Cactus Jack meal oh right his Cactus Jack is his character well, what I thought his character was, was Travis he has he has so many alter egos, Tom. You can't you can't keep track of him. Do you know what his real name is? I've yeah. I've got it up. It's Jacques Berman Webster the second. That's far more interesting. Which is a terrific name. I mean, it's the it's one of the best names I've ever heard. <laughs> For me, it would be much more plausible that you we were talking about someone called Jacques Berman Webster the second, and their real name was Travis Scott. I'll be like, oh. Good call. <laughs> it was a wise decision. This is the first time I've ever seen someone have a better name the first time round. Anyway, carry on. Travis, he's, uh, he's making waves, Tom. He's making waves. <laughs> you can't just... <laughs> the news can't evaporate into vague slogans, Will. There has to be some ballast to it. What do you mean he's making waves? That's what the news is going to be in 10 years. <laughs> Xi Jinping, he's making waves. He's making waves. Taking names. <laughs> he's kicking indoors. And that's, and that's the news where we are.
He yeah. is making waves. Xi Jinping. He's uh, he's committed that China's going to be what is it? Carbon neutral by 2060. Get, <laughs> get real. Get real, mate. When I was at uni, I, I, I lived uh, in my first year with someone who worked at McDonald's, um, and they told me a story about McDonald's that, that meant I'm never going to go there again. Each Travis Scott meal has a bit of Travis Scott. <laughs> yes, it's like Soylent Green, the 1950s dystopia where Charlton Heston realizes that new food everyone eating is made of people, but just entirely if it was Travis Scott. He spreads far. There's so much more of him than we realise. <laughs> I mean, that's only true from his music. I love, I love his work. Um, Did you ever see the founder? The film about the founding of McDonald's. It it could have been so good. It's such a tame film. It's, really? like, it's like Wolf of Wall Street if it had been created for children. <laughs> it's just like the the most. I would really like to see the Wolf of Wall Street if it was made for children. It was just Elmo. Doing lines of cocaine off of women. Or the wolf of Sesame Street. <laughs> eats all of them. You, you haven't seen the wolf of Wall Street, have you? That's not what happens. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't eat all the other traders. That was the notes from the studio. Look, if you're going to put wolf in the title, there's going to have to be a wolf in there. For heaven's sake. We've already done this. We're dancing with wolves. <laughs> we, we've, we've been over this. <laughs> people went in. They wanted to see some full pine action. Give the people what they want. Fans Marty. hate films with wolf in the title <laughs> that don't have wolves. I, mean, I remember when Wolf Hall came out. Every time they went into a new room, I was like, this has got to be it. This has got to be the hall with all the wolves in it. 800 pages. <laughs> just... Not a single wolf. <laughs> just nonsense about Cromwell. Oh, it's a metaphor, is it? Well, why don't you just kill my loved ones? Let's, uh, let's run into Steve Winwood. Okay. It's easy to do. <laughs> He's not got a lot on, <laughs> on his plate anymore, does he? Uh, this is while you see a chance. That's that's not anything, is it? No, that's not a phrase. That's not a phrase, Steve. <laughs> Pack it in, mate. said where will we go when we die yeah and someone said riverside radio sure i think there's a nicer take on it than perhaps you led on sure that maybe riverside radio is heaven and this is where we go <laughs> when one dies in a sort of m night Shyamalan twist that would be a much better ending to the sixth sense if bruce willis was presenting a light infotainment show with the lord <laughs> for all eternity yeah i mean if a slightly creepy 70s dj was god th- then the story of the world would would make a lot more sense i can't help but feel it should have been edited into the bible <laughs> what there was just a 70s dj all along <laughs> he just was throwing out a lot of buzzwords hey cats just checking in on how you're treating that boy of mine. <laughs> Once you've strung him up on the cross, we're going to go to the half-past hands. <laughs> Why does every book of the Bible end with coming up next? <laughs> but this just in. Light. <laughs> coming up after the ads. Animals. Um, well, let's go to a song by The Clash. Oh, great. This is... <laughs> Keeping it, keeping it <laughs> present. Keeping it in the present.
that was should i stay or should i go now by the clash by the clash coming up they've we- taken down the the tweet Oh no! Yeah, it's after, gone. After it called such a fire. I know exactly. It was really it, we were really starting to take off and connect with the listeners, and they've <laughs> taken it down. It, I mean, you know, this is what it's like. We are slaves to the Riverside regime, and they they an awful awful house arrest. They spit at our efforts to connect uh, with the world. Uh, you know, they've put up a tweet now about the Wandsworth Blitz. I mean, get a, get a life. That's not what the people want to talk about, everyone. They want to talk about, you know, the afterlife. People don't remember the Blitz. No. They want to talk about Little Mix. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Keep it relevant. Here are the halftime ads. Ow. <laughs> a bit of slapstick there for you if you're watching on video format. What what happened there? You just banged your microphone. Don't put the mic in my face. You burk. <laughs> this is <laughs> <laughs> This is Tom and Will with Riverside. No <laughs> No dear. Will's having memory loss. Review this, mother. Welcome back. Welcome back. I was gonna say, because I always accidentally say the half-time ads instead of the half-past ads. But I quite like to think of us as a sort of weekly equivalent of the Super Bowl, which famously have these half-time ads which people, you know, really pay top dollar to be on. And I'm hoping that one day it will be the same for us, that we're kind of like, you know, we do this show, we've got the, you know, the premiere thing, and then we say, right, the half-time ads... It's the new Nike stuff, and it's the—it's not just ads being like, "Oh, be nice to kids, please, and wash your hands." It's Nike saying, "Be horrible to kids." <laughs> when we get a Janet Jackson nip slip uh-huh. for ourselves, that's when we know <laughs> the review. This mother has gone big. What would a Janet Jackson nip slip be on a radio if it's not part of a dance? It would just be a woman bringing her top down just for us and us being like, "Oh my word." <laughs> Janet! Janet! (laughs) Put them away! We could do that now. We could just say she's here. That's the brilliance of this medium, is we we can have dozens of nip slips that wouldn't get past the network censors. That's apparently how YouTube grew in popularity. People wanted to see the nip slip video. And I hope one day, Will, that our show can bring a new online service to life, which will eventually radicalise people into hard right white supremacist militia action that's the dream i have for this show <laughs> for this show i'm gonna start as a nice kind of funny or die-esque comedy vehicle uh-huh. and then soon it'll just like everything it'll be taken over by the right-wing algorithm that's causing everything in the world to die oh dear if, if you want to search for us on youtube we've got review this mother destroys <laughs> Destroy. feminist interpretation of local radio. Breaking news. Breaking news, Tom. Uh-huh. Passion of the Christ. Da-da-da-dum. It's getting its sequel at long last. Passion of the Christ 2, The Resurrection. So they're doing The Resurrection. That will be a much happier film. I can't help but feel. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be difficult for Mel to take a kind of dour mm. look at sure. The Resurrection of Christ. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he'll manage it. He'll find a way. I mean, I don't, again, I'd never criticise Mel Gibson. But, or Jesus. Or Jesus. And I do rank them in that order. Yeah. But Christ, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, he rose quite quickly. 
Yes. He didn't leave it 16 years. And there was then like, hey, Luke is back. Are you saying that Mel Gibson isn't living up to the Christ timeline? Well, I'm simply saying that if you're doing the Passion of the Christ and the Resurrection of the Christ, I would try and put them so they're quite close to one another, therefore resembling yeah. what I like to call the Bible story. Yeah, if he'd resurrected 16 years later, sure. people would have moved on. He didn't have a kind of collection of friends. Yeah. I mean, he had disciples, but they were never close. Well, you can't say he didn't have a collection of friends. That's well, like his shtick. They were always more acquaintances. I doubt they met outside well, no, the I parameters don't, of... Uh, yeah. I reckon at the Last Supper there was a bit of, you know, so Mark, John tells me you were... Do you, you think they ever hung out outside <laughs> <laughs> where they were with you? Of working hours. <laughs> Ezekiel and John getting. Did you hear what Christ said yesterday? N- nonsense, frankly. Do you miss him? Because actually, I don't want to be that disciple, but I think we're actually getting on a lot better. I think Eleven is a far leaner. It's group. A, yeah. We can certainly get in more places. Well, that was Jesus. That's Jesus um, done and roasted. We're going to go to a song, then we're going to bring in our extra special guest. Oh, so so special. Our huge. Guest. Our humongous guest. Our humongous guest. I want the audience to think of, you know, Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, Eileen Atkins, Penelope Keith, um, Melda Staunton, um, uh, Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, please welcome another old woman, Freya. How are you? Guys, what an intro. <laughs> we prepared an interview, mm. uh, and then Tom answered all the questions himself. For me? Yeah. Yeah. On my part. Yeah, we, I... we've done it already. We've done. We've already done it. <laughs> so it's Here? fired. No, we just, we just did it before. We did, we did it before we pre-recorded. So we're actually going to play that now. <laughs> Over um, anything you say. Oh, all right. Yeah. Typical men. Um, how are you, Fred? What is your surname? Mallard, like the duck. Mallard, like the duck. The one with the green Ah, uh, did you used to get teased for that at school? No, I get asked that quite a lot actually. But um, <laughs> why does everyone assume I was bullied? <laughs> I know, but uh, it's like ducks don't do anything particularly ridiculous. One boy tried to like quack at me quite a lot, but then he looked stupid because he's sure. running around quacking. Well, quacking, so. so people thought he was. Mm. Strange. Yeah, I yeah. played it down. I really played it down. I was like, what are you doing? You never, ever let anyone catch you no. quacking? No, yeah. Okay. What did people bully you for at school? Uh, one time in philosophy class, our teacher was like, does anyone know anything about Judaism? And I was like, there are these people called the Maccabees, like quoting friends. And then I had the group of guys in our school that everyone was scared of shouting the Maccabees at me for about three years. Oh, I see. That's a very long... Three years is a long time. Yeah. It's a long time to cling on to that moment. But you can just play these things off. You can just be like, what are you doing? Because no one else gets the reference. Yeah. It's, like, this seems like quite. you went to quite a nice school. If the only bullying is off the back of philosophy class, that, <laughs> yeah. that does, it sounds like a nice school. Oh, but it's not as bad as like, there was this episode of First Dates where a girl was going, oh, I was relentlessly bullied at school. She really amps it up. Like, you think it was going to be awful. And she goes... People called me cobweb because she like <laughs> ran through a spider's web one time and she's like in tears. <laughs> And then she was brave enough yeah. to come on public television. public television and talk about the trauma. And yeah. here we are. And you could feel the producers. at her pain. You could feel the producers wanting to be like, well, I want to bully you now. I mean, again, that just sounds like a school with very little incident. Yeah. If that's a sort of remarkable moment, do they just not go near wildlife? 
We'll never know. Um... Breaking news. Sure. Uh, Freya doesn't have her headphones on. I just played a great breaking news stat. Oh, well, right. I believe you. Tom DeLonge uh-huh. responds to Great British Bake Off cake shaped like his face. Did he respond to it? Sorry, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really interested in this. I didn't next. think he'd respond. Well, I didn't. He's onto bigger things. He's onto UFOs. He's not watching Bake Off. We only got a response from bloody Tom DeLong. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if someone made a cake out of your face... It's the least you could do. You could probably find time to respond. I don't know. They made faces of Attenborough, Bowie. No word from Bowie. No word rude. from Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Are you a, are you a Bake Off fan then, Freya? Do you know what? I'm usually not, but there's so little to do but at the moment. As I soon as like, I hear Tom DeLong, <laughs> yeah, his name, I will I'll go to anything. Do you know what? His face cake was quite good. He had kind of like a gurning face, which is a probably, gurning face. I yeah. don't want to say that's accurate or not, but sure. Does Tom DeLong gurn? <laughs> I've heard that uh, Paul Hollywood can't do his famous handshake anymore. Yeah, he's um, doing an elbow bump. An elbow bump. It's not quite as sexually not, aggressive. Yeah, and he's a very sexually aggressive man, yeah. Paul Hollywood. Maybe know. now he's doing like a boob squeeze. Yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> that seems like the next thing he'd go for. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily have to touch flesh if mm. you're... Although I've thought about it. Yeah, and with men, he just kind of like punt you up the bum or something. Punch you up the bum? No, punt, yeah. I feel like your sex life has gone down a terrible alley <laughs> during Corona. If, if these are your frames of reference. I'm just trying to get into the mind <laughs> for, of Paul Hollywood. For a congratulatory stance. <laughs> trying to get into the sexually schizophrenic mind of <laughs> demon Hollywood. I'm not saying it's pretty in there. DeLong commented on the picture. He Did said, he? <laughs> he said, it looks like me when I was younger, when I needed the money and I did a few hundred adult films. Oh, and there's a lot to unpack there. Well, that's opened up a whole yeah. new avenue. If you need a bit of money, you don't need to do a few hundred. <laughs> Three or four would probably cover you for the month's rent. I think uh, if you're doing a few hundred, you must be getting something out of it. Sure. Such a world-weary response to being made into cake. <laughs> On like quite a light-hearted show. Well, yeah, it reminds me when I did porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bake Off. This reminds me of that sordid period of my early 20s. Like, what do cupcakes make him think of? Reminds me when I was bumming heroin up <laughs> yeah. the streets of Carlisle in my youth. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, should we go to the half past ads? We will go to the half past ads, then we'll come back to a bit of Tom DeLong's UFO theories. Okay, what fun. This is Riverside Radio with Tom, Will, and special guest Freya. Freya. Review this, mother. How are you, Freya? I'm doing all right. Are you enjoying the show so far? Yes, I'm enjoying this hot room. It is pretty hot, isn't it? No, I like a hot room, it's fine. It sounds like the early years of Tom DeLong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just reading through some old transcripts. I like a hot room. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of my years in the adult industry. <laughs> this segues perfectly for me into my one night stand. Oh, right. Which I thought we'd discuss. Yeah, okay. I mean, as long as you don't go into I mean, too much detail. Mm. There was just one aspect of it that I wanted to um, play off the room. Sure, sure. So right before, before anything happened, uh, she put on a film. Oh, right. Um, so we didn't feel odd. One of old DeLong's. <laughs> well, and she chose her favourite childhood film. Oh, uh-huh. good. A series of unfortunate events. Oh, right. Nice haunting soundtrack for the background. Well, I, I just thought her picking her favourite childhood film uh-huh. is an odd kind of atmospheric choice. Sure. For mm. the activity. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Because I, I don't mind if she pictures kind of other men while we're kind of mid intercourse, but not not necessarily herself when she was like eight. So you'd rather she put on say Magic Mike than Bambi? Yes. Okay. Magic Mike, then she can kind of composite my head onto that of one of the stars, or their head probably onto you. I think that would be less impressive. Well, no, because she could think of the... I don't want to go... Again, this is before Watershed. But if she was, say, riding you and uh, watching Magic Mike and there is, you know, Matthew McConaughey and there is you beneath, she'd probably be thinking of... But I thought if she was thinking of Matthew McConaughey and then scroll down to my chest, Uh it would be a horrible surprise. But you never know because you kind of formulate your biggest sexual wantings in childhood so maybe she was just trying to composite your head onto Jim Carrey so she was looking at maybe he was her sexual awakening so she was feeling you Mm. and looking at Jim Carrey yes Mm. sure well we've all been there mate (laughs) my girlfriend can only have sex if we're watching Ace Ventura (laughs) and not the good one not the good one the second one Tom DeLonge. Yeah. We're talking about... Was that him. it? Was that that done? <laughs> that was the end of my, <laughs> That's your end my of brief your... anecdote. Uh-huh. How do you know it's a one-night stand? There's still time. Uh, I asked if she wants to see me again. She said no. Oh. That, oh, right. That was the... She said when they make another series of unfortunate events films, uh-huh. then perhaps... So Netflix series doesn't do it for No, her. I said, what about Neil? Neil. Patrick Harris. And she's like, it's not enough. Not the same. No. I need, I need a world-weary caring... <laughs> And Slightly you. slumming it. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, yeah. Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong mm. Claims aliens may have been present at the birth of Jesus. Were in, were in the manger? He thinks the star was too low. Oh, I see. And therefore it has to be a, an alien. But I mean, if you're going with the rest of that story and someone tries to introduce something else like aliens, you can't... If that's your bridge too far. Well, listen, I think it's more moving if aliens were also present because yeah. that means that Christmas as a holiday translates into the cosmos mm. you know and it- they haven't given us any gifts <laughs> Denmark gave New York a Statue of Liberty <laughs> that's, no that's true that, to yeah. be fair no one's really topped that as a gift no. have they well they hated it apparently what America yeah they hated the Statue of Liberty that's where they put it all the way out well, on that island were- <laughs> no <laughs> one will see it there that's the equivalent of putting it like under your bed <laughs> or in the, in the drawer what do you think they should have given them then if no one's topped it since. Well, no, but if, if Denmark give you the Statue of Liberty, then America was, you know... No, it was should... France, sorry. Yeah, okay. If, <laughs> if Fra- France gives America the Statue of Liberty, then America should be duty-bound to give them a slightly bigger statue in return, surely. Mm. And then it should just be a continual exchange But they of... were like, we're full, we're full, Eiffel Tower. We've already got one big, ugly thing. Yeah, that we've made, <laughs> our... that we've made ourselves. <laughs> I think they, they should have given it to them over a period of like 200 years. Like they give them a bit of the Statue of Liberty every time. Like a sure. kit. So, yeah. so America's, oh, what's it going to be? It comes with a magazine. We've got a leg. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the new section of the show. Watch Mojo lists. Okay, fine. Enjoy. Top five disturbing facts about Nazi experiments. Top five? Top five. Okay. Such a tough choice. Yeah, what would your five be, Freya? Oh, didn't they do those twin experiments? Oh, yeah. That's they made, be they made the parent trap. <laughs> no Nazis. You can't make Lindsay Lohan play two... <laughs> it can't be it's done. It's madness. 
This yeah. is up there with the most disturbing things. <laughs> we don't believe Dennis Quaid as a likable father figure. He's too rough and ready. Yeah. It also implies that they really looked and they could only find five. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I think you can stretch I think to you ten. Could, yeah, you could stretch to ten. Yeah. Maybe so, they didn't want to dwell. Yeah, maybe so going... So just get five and out. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, edit out. <laughs> None of us wanted to do this, so let's just rally through. Well, going all the way to ten sounds like they're almost impressed. Yeah. That's true. Five is like five things we should never speak of again after this, and then ten is kind of like woohoo. I have a top ten list uh, that I want to, to talk about. Close my book. Um, it's fine. You're, you're a fan of Killing Eve, aren't you, Freya? Big fan. Of Killing Big Eve. fan. Yeah. Oh no, third season, trash. trash. Absolute trash. Okay. You already made three. Uh, yeah, maybe fourth. I think it was third or fourth. The, le- the they- latest series was really bad. Um, but this is. Ten things you didn't know about season one. Right, I'm averting my eyes. Okay, uh, so just 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 to prepare you, there are only nine things. Only nine? Yeah, they couldn't stretch to ten. Mm-hmm. Number nine, based on a book. Okay, no, I knew that. You knew that? Okay. Number eight, over a hundred women auditioned for Villanelle. I'd have assumed more than that. Well, yeah. Over a hundred, <laughs> like a hundred's a big number. We can only get one woman to turn up. That's <laughs> less people than apply to be like a barista in Waterstones. I'm significantly less impressed by Jodie Comer now. <laughs> it was all the people that applied to be a barista in Waterstones. <laughs> the audition was just one room over, so they said, try your luck next door. Try next door. Number seven, Fleabag wrote it. Yeah, but she didn't write the latest series, which is it's why... Season, it's facts about season one. Season one. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying she wrote the first series. Yes, because it's facts about season one. But I'm saying she's. that's why it's probably not so good anymore, because she's great. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, number six. Phoebe Waterbridge almost played in the show. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing know. is, what, what happened there is that she didn't. Yeah. So what that really says is someone did not do something. Which we could do for hours. We could make a list on what someone did not do in this show. Maybe they couldn't get her to show up for the 100 Women audition. Yeah, that's true. NME does that as well. Every so often they'll just put up a news thing. Uh-huh. Where it's like, Jason Donovan almost was Gollum. Yeah. It's like, but then he wasn't, <laughs> famously, and history is the same. <laughs> no, I, think, I genuinely think it would be very different if Jason Donovan had played Gollum. But he didn't. <laughs> so why, why are we doing this speculative history on the life of Jason Donovan? I mean, admittedly... Well, because there are so many what-ifs when it comes to Donovan. Well, would it have been more precious? <laughs> He just didn't try to hide the <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. We want you to do it just as you. Just be yourself. Don't change anything, Jason. Yeah. You're perfect. As little acting as possible. Number three, Sandra O oh didn't know who she was playing, which just can't be true. I don't understand. Did she co-write it? No. No. She okay. said that she auditioned and she didn't realise it was the lead role. Oh. Which is just... Interesting. Interesting. Well, she's just like, score, I have so many lines. <laughs> Number two. Have you missed out some pages? I've got, I've got all of the lines. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, number two, uh, Aunt Petunia is Eve's boss. This is number two. All you need to do is look at her face. On the ten slash nine facts you didn't know about Killing Eve, number two is an actor who's in it has previously been in other things. Uh, number one, the kitchen scene. Now, that's just a scene in the show. Are they going to elaborate? The audition? Oh, it's the scene they auditioned. They auditioned for. That is quite a pivotal scene. 
because it's the first time you see them together. So sure. that would make sense to audition so, together with that scene. What you mean? It's the f- <laughs> it's the scene in the show in which the two lead characters speak. Meet. Yeah. It's brave television making. Really yeah. <laughs> we're going to have them speak. Well, the point is that huge. Sandra Oh is looking for Villanelle. Mm. So she can't just have loads of scenes of her looking. Was that one of your network notes at the time? <laughs> just like you can't just, yeah. they can't just, you know, they I can't just looking, go into rooms. I am looking to make the sidestep into casting. <laughs> Sandra, can you look under that table? Pretend <laughs> <laughs> she's, okay, not, what about the cupboard? Not there. Shrug your shoulders yeah. at the camera. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> What a good test of your chemistry together. <laughs> Last week, as was captured on the show, I put out a tweet yes. saying, where do you go when we die on the Riverside Twitter feed? And I saw on the volunteer group, someone had screenshotted it saying, if this was you, uh, please send me a message. I'm not angry. I just want to chat. <laughs> and, then, and then someone else commented and they said, I've investigated and there are two devices that were <laughs> logged in outside of the studio. There was an iPad and then an iPhone which had this IP address. So someone is really sweeping under the rug <laughs> to find out who posted the tweet. And I'm worried how far this McCarthy hearing is going to go. That There's some kind of scene right now where someone is like, I will not confess to sending... The death tweet. There's a lot of energy going into what really is a very simple investigation. I mean, I've confessed to it twice. What happens is that people are listening to everything other than their own output. Riverside Radio is in such a state of paranoia that we will no longer accept. I mean, what a metaphor for sort of brooches of power. Here I am blithely confessing to it and someone else is being condemned to death. For the same action. The um, death marches are already in progress. <laughs> I can't reverse the process. It's like in the name of the father, where they arrested the two wrong people and then they got the actual guy from the IRA in prison at the same time, happily saying, no, I did it. I'm the one who planted the bomb. That's what I am. I am the IRA of Riverside Radio. Uh, and on that note... This is Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. Brilliant. was Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. Mm. We played it by mistake and have since been informed that today is absolutely no one's birthday. No one has ever been born on this date. And they never will. And they never will. If you go into hospital pregnant today, you will be sent home. (laughs) If your child is born today, they will be killed. (laughs) No, no, no. They'll be executed in the special 16th of October (laughs) ward. (laughs) We told you to hang on. <laughs> this is Keep a, your legs crossed this, till the This 17th. is a full-on QAnon broadcast. This is Joe Biden wouldn't talk about this as his town hall, but this is true. And why do you think he was doing the town hall the night before? He was gearing up because <laughs> he wields the knife. It's a bad photo op for an incoming president. But, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a terrible photo op. I don't know why he did it. Joe, come on. 
I quite like there was there's this photo. It's an open goal, Biden. Stop <laughs> yeah, That's a very strange attack for your campaign to take. There were photos of um, Joe Biden after the town hall that said even after the broadcast has finished, Joe is still in the hall taking questions. And I quite like the idea. It's just Joe doesn't know when to leave. <laughs> like no one's told him. And he's just like, Any, what do you got, man? I'll answer anything. It's also the suggestion that that that's a kind of great thing to do. Like, as if right after the broadcast, we all expected him to go, okay, piss off! <laughs> the cameras are done! Screw so you! So's Biden! Get me the chopper! <laughs> Joe, what about my... Shut up! Look, scum, is the camera on? You don't get to talk to me anymore. Oh, it was just an ad break. I will do anything I can for the people of colour in America, other than, you know, policy. <laughs> What town is this again? <laughs> Fine.